This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Smith Media Consulting. For all your audio or video production, or for media consulting, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Again, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. Welcome back to the No Playbook Podcast. Today we dig in on, is KD going to be a Celtic? Is Donovan Mitchell going to be a Nick? And what are the Cardinals doing signing Kyler Murray to that big of a deal? Stay tuned right here on No Playbook. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. Welcome back to the No Playbook Podcast here on the LTT Productions feed. I'm your host, Drew Pounton, joined by Kyler Gammon and Eli Grimes. Fellas, what is going on? Fellas, we have made it. We made it. To the NFL season. Training camp starts. It started yesterday, but practices for the Eagles started today. So I'm counting it. It starts today. Hell yeah. Hell yes! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Here we go, baby. Yes! Let's go. I'm... So excited. So excited. I'm going to have football on my Twitter feed from now until late February. Uh, the board is in one. Sorry, dude. No, you're good. You're good. Because I, I definitely have been keeping an eye on it. Wait, what? So, okay. So, so for we have, we're doing this, you know, courtesy of our job. We have some downtime, and our boss is okay with us doing this. Shout out. So <laughs> we have a blue box that if it's in one, it runs all by itself. But if it's in two, we run it. So Eli, seeing that the board <laughs> was in production, and was like, uh, <laughs> did your heart drop for a second? No, I did, dude. I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> Definitely so... this time. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> – NFL football is back. There's news on my Twitter feed. Mm, I love it. Let's go, fellas. Let's go. But before we get into uh, football, 
because we have a lot of football stuff to touch on. So let's get, let's knock some basketball out first. Yeah. That way the full back half can be football. Sound Absolutely. good? I like it. I like it. So Shams Sharania, one of the greatest. Tim and Woj, Tim man. And Woj, Tim and Woj. Dropped some major news the other day. I believe it was either yesterday or two days ago. Keep that in, kiss in mind. We are recording on Wednesday. It'll be recording or it'll be published on Thursday. So we're recording on the 27th. You're, here, you're hearing this on the 28th. But Shams dropped a bomb saying that the Celtics offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick, if I believe the pick, the pack, package right, for Kevin Durant. All I know is that this package is centered around Jalen Brown. What what, what, do you, what do we think? What do we think? So, my initial reaction was, <laughs> Katie's doing it again, man. He's doing it again. <laughs> he my can't next, keep my getting next a- chapter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he can't keep getting away with this. Like, KD, bro, listen, listen, listen. All you had to do was just defeat LeBron in that in that one finals appearance with you in the Thunder, with you actually leading the team by yourself, and none of this would even happen. I could care less. But every single ring that you have, the only rings that you have, I guess, would be with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. I mean, come on, bro. Come on. He's just not a leader. He's came out and said that so many times. He's like, I don't care. So this is, I'm playing the game for me. And, and that, I, like, that just doesn't. Bad attitude, right. bro. And that's why it doesn't really, I don't understand what Brooklyn was thinking, bringing in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and no one to, like, kind of direct him. I'm not saying, like, a LeBron type of level talent, but, like. There's no mediator for Right. That. There's, like, Rondo yeah. or, like, one of the, like, a vet to come in and kind of be like, okay, this is where we're going to go from here. But. The Celtics offering Jalen Brown is really interesting to me because Jalen Brown's 25, 26, 24, somewhere in that range. Kevin Durant, while he is on a four-year contract, he's in his mid to late 30s. I think he's like 33 to 35. He's getting up there in age. So this is obviously a win-now move, a team coming that was just in the finals. They're getting rid of some of their depth because they offered Derek White and then the Nets countered with – we want Marcus Smart, and you can't just give away your defensive player of the year like that. Even though Marcus Smart and Derek White are extremely similar, and then they just brought in Malcolm Brogdon, I think it doesn't make necessarily Marcus Smart expendable, but if it's Kevin Durant or Marcus Smart, you're going to take Kevin Durant, whether he just won defensive player of the year or not. Absolutely. Because Malcolm Brogdon, while he's not the best, he's not a better defender than Marcus Smart, he's better offensively. So you take and give. So what was this team missing last year? A offensive initiator. What does Malcolm Brogdon bring you? An offensive initiator. Someone that can get Jalen and Justin, or Jason, I don't know where I got Justin from, <laughs> uh, the ball, and to just stop because they would go on these six to eight minute sprouts of them just not scoring at all. And it was just like, you really expect to win a championship like this? And it happened in the finals and they just or Golden State would either be down a bunch and then they would come back and win or they would just extend their lead to like 25, 30 points. And so Kevin Durant, obviously a much better scorer and a much better or much more consistent scorer than Jason Tatum. But Jason Tatum, I think if Kevin Durant can kind of mentor Jason Tatum, now whether he does or not is... That was actually going to be like my next point here, Drew, is is we don't even know how well Kevin Durant would even want to really work with Jason Tatum 
Because let's just be honest here. Jason Tatum, especially after he won a couple of those finals games, he got a little bit of ahead of himself a little bit. You know, with the posting on, you know, the posting of the Kobe thing on social media. And, you know, he kind of was feeling himself just a teeny tad bit. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't necessarily think that it was Jason Tatum feeling himself really all too well. Because he he gives me like he's not confident vibes, you know. Like That's whenever true, he's too. struggling, he stops. But what I do like is when he's struggling, he passes more, he rebounds. He doesn't just keep shooting. Because there are guys that Kobe mentality, you know, to where they're like, don't stop shooting. That means you've given up. But if you're shooting seven for thirty-seven, okay, but you can make a couple extra passes and actually affect the game, yeah, I'm sure you can shoot out of a slump. But it's like take your open shots don't try to do the same thing that you're doing just you know what i mean like that's why mm-hmm. that's what he had a triple double i think in the first game of the finals because he was shooting really bad came out and had a triple double like i think it was like 15 points 10 rebounds and 12 assists mm-hmm. but he was he realized he was shooting bad he made plays got rebounds and affected the game in a better way instead mm-hmm. of just trying to shoot out of his slump and try to hurt themselves in the game but see whenever you think of kd's mentality though what do you think his kind of mentality is, though, at that point? Is he more of that, if I'm struggling, do I find that avenue like what, like, like what Jason Tatum does? Or do I find the avenue of, well, I'm just a superstar on this team, kind of deal with it mentality, and I'm just going to keep scoring, or at least try to keep scoring? It's just, it's just like that give or trade. I'm sure there's know? going to be points, but like I said, if I think if Brad Stevens talks to Kevin Durant, because he remember. And whenever he originally signed with the Warriors, the Celtics were one of the teams that he was considering. So if Brad Stevens can get a hold of Kevin Durant and be like, look, we're interested in bringing you in, but we need to know, would you be willing to take Jason under your wing? Can you do this? Would you do this? How would you feel about this? I mean, I don't know if that's tampering or not. Well, he consistently do it. Yeah, like I don't know if it's tampering or not, you know, because of just the NFL and like all the leagues have these rules, but it's just one of those things to where – I think if Kevin Durant doesn't do this to Jason Tatum, then he's just like, I don't want to. Bring another bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, because I like Jalen Brown a lot. I think he fits their their mold better. But I think that Jalen Brown is also close to peaking. If not, this is where he's going to be at for his prime. So, Eli, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. So, there was talks about Kevin Durant going to the Suns. And, Eli, you did see on Twitter, right, about DeAndre Ayton. Yes, um, and going 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 back to the Suns, right? Okay, yeah. I, I just want to make sure yeah, before yeah, I say yeah. this. So we can all agree, right, that Kevin Durant ain't going to the Suns. No, right. I no mean, way. because DeAndre the, Aiden can't be traded. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So to me, that move told me that they're just going to stick with what they have, the, the Phoenix Suns aspect, stick with to what they have of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and then kind of get out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Because initially, whenever the report came out about from Woj about Kevin Durant wanting to leave Brooklyn. The Suns were among the teams that were, you know, that he was kind of eyeing Kevin Durant was. Them in the heat, I think. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yep. So, just want to make that clear. We can all agree, right? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> he, he ain't going to Phoenix. Nothing's happened in Phoenix for a long time, I don't think. No, and, and it makes me mad because I would have liked to see him in Phoenix just because of the fact that now they lost, the, the team capped. They lost in the finals, and they're running back the same team, just older. And – it wouldn't be that bad because it's a relatively young team, but the guy that molds and makes this team, Chris Paul, is like 38. Mm-hmm. So you run the risk of him getting worse. Man, I'm feeling old. I remember when Chris Paul was like in his like mid 20s. Clippers man. teams, Clipper, yeah. yeah. I remember mm. the shot with uh, 
him with the Clippers, and he laid it up or something. Like, he made a tough shot leaning, and Blake Griffin thought he was going to miss it and went to finish it and hurt his hurt himself trying to finish it, yep. and they lost the next series. <laughs> <laughs> like Those were the Clippers teams that were like, that was what was built around Oh, them. yeah. But if you are KD, what, what, do you, what do you think you – like, what would you do? Because I would stay. You have Kyrie coming back. They have built a really good bench because that's what they were lacking. They were lacking a bench. They played like two or three guys. They did lose Bruce Brown and Goran Dragic, I think. Um, but they did bring in T.J. Warren. They brought in uh, – there's someone else that they brought in. I can't remember his name. Hmm. I can't think of it. Gosh dang it. But either way, you have Ben Simmons there too who – Kyler, whatever you feel about him, it doesn't listen, matter. He's another no, body I, I, on the court. I, I, I don't I – don't, listen, listen. He's listen, another listen. body on the court, and that's what they needed. So you would run That's Simmons, true. I guess Kyrie, he's another body. KD, um, you know, I, I would personally stay just because of the moves that they have made, but I can understand him wanting to leave. Also, just because it's like, I'm Kevin Durant. I can do what I want. And see, I hate that so much. The fact is that it's like – Back back in the day with the Thunder, I used to everyone used to be excited to watch those teams mm. play. And he's like, Okay, I'm done. Going to Golden State. Got you some chips. It's like, okay, now I'm going to Brooklyn. Didn't work out. So I feel like either way, it's a cop out. If you leave, people are gonna your your legacy's gonna be tarnished again more than it already is. But if you stay, people are like, Oh, he's only staying so that it doesn't affect him anymore. And I don't I don't know if he necessarily cares about that. I really don't think he does because he's Kevin Durant. That's yeah. just the way he is. But I, I personally, I didn't. I mean, granted, we were really young, like fifteen, whenever it happened. But mm-hmm. I didn't think that he should have signed with Golden State just based off the fact of like they just were off of a championship two years prior and then lost in yeah. the championship. So it's like if he would have went somewhere else, because I definitely understand him leaving OKC because of they just weren't losing. They yeah. hit their peak. They just kept getting eliminated in the mm-hmm. first round. But to leave to go to Golden State out of all teams, like that's where it was kind of like he had every other team from sure calling his phone, and he chose Golden State. You know, I want to look back at all the teams back then and just to see where else could have been a good fit. If he would, I think if he would have gone to an Eastern Conference team, Boston, low key. That's what I'm saying. A like, young uh, Celtic. Yeah, yeah. Just that that team with uh, well, it could have been so crazy. Dude. If we think about it, though. KD, his whole career has been on some sort of a super team, if we're just going to be honest here. Well, I, mean, I would a, say OKC was more of a naturally built super team, though. Like, true. They're like the Warriors. But, but they weren't even like necessarily a super team because of how young. Like, Kevin Durant was by far the best player. Russell Westbrook wasn't who he was, who he eventually true. became to be. Mm-hmm. But it was like Kevin Durant, but it's five, never Russell been, Westbrook. But it's never been just Kevin Durant. Like, like how it was like LeBron when the, with Cleveland. Exactly. Yep. Like, it's never been just Kevin Durant, right? So could you imagine KD on a team by himself? He'd go average like 45 points a game. Because, like, he went That's from. That's it should be. Because, <laughs> like, Kevin Durant went from, okay, obviously OKC. Well, I'm just going to go to the Warriors, and that's a free ring. Um, rings. Yeah, rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. And then he's like, oh, well, work. They're kind of building a super team over in Brooklyn. I'm gonna go to Brooklyn with Kyrie. And then so my so so initially, the next move has to think here. He's just gonna go to super team. Like there's no way this dude goes to like no offense, Drew, the Pacers. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Where there's you know, 
Uh, like, let's just be honest. He's, like, he cannot like, be the leader. He, he will exactly. not be. Exactly. He will yeah. not be the leader of the team. He wants. He, and he wants the help. He wants the help. And that's period. why I think giving away Marcus Smart in that deal is kind of shooting Boston in the foot. Mm-hmm. Because Marcus Smart, I don't necessarily know if he's the leader. I know he's the defensive leader, though. Mm-hmm. He runs that defense. Oh, yeah. And that's why they were, you know, the best defense in the league. I don't know about the full season because I know that first half was kind of shaky for Boston. That second but the half, second were... half, best defense in the league, defensive player of the year. Like, he runs that defense. Can KD buy in with all these young guys, or is he going to look at it like, I've been here longer, I deserve more respect, and I deserve the ball more? And honestly, I'm leaning more towards that. Actually. I absolutely yeah, I am. Too. So – Initially, Donovan Mitchell wasn't going to get traded, right? There was a whole, like, oh, we don't want to trade Donovan Mitchell. And then they saw what Rudy Gobert went for, and they're like, oh, shit, we can get that that that, for Rudy Gobert. Cue that Tyler, the creator video, where he's like, that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I mean. But the Knicks, mm. they've – I don't know if they've got cold feet, but they've not been making any progress in trade reports. As usual. <laughs> I mean, it, We're yeah, going to get LeBron. It, We're going to get Kevin Durant. <laughs> We're going to get the first overall pick. We're going to get Donovan Mitchell. Who's Chris Stapps Porzingis? <laughs> I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. That's oh, what man. there was. I was listening to The Herd, and I mentioned this on my last podcast where Chris Broussard went on The Herd, and he's like, Colin, this is the Knicks we're talking about. <laughs> like they, they got close to signing Kevin Durant. That fell through. They got close to getting the first overall pick. That fell through. They got close to signing a bunch of these people. Kyrie was supposed to be going there. Kevin Durant and all these other people. That fell through. Their so last it's like, big superstar was Melo. And Amari Stoudemire way back exactly. when. Exactly. Hey, don't you disrespect No, no, no. I'm not disrespecting Amari Stoudemire. That, that, that team was fun to watch. Lynn Sanity, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that, that too. Yeah. No, I ultimately I have I do have that gut feeling that the Knicks will end up doing it. Sh- shocker. And I think that they will end up getting Donovan Mitchell. I think this, they're going to overpay massively just because I I think Danny Ainge is one of the best GMs in all of basketball, but mm. I he knows that how desperate New York is because if they run back the same team adding Jalen Brunson, they gain maybe 3, 4, 5, 10 wins at the most. It still doesn't make them a playoff team. But bringing Donovan Mitchell in, I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, defensively they're going to struggle, but Mitchell Robinson kind of cleans up a lot of that in the paint. Mm -hmm. I think that they can win 15-plus more games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, adding a superstar like like Donovan Mitchell like that will immediately impact your team. Now, I will say, going to that Rudy Gobert trade real quick, Minnesota overpaid massively for Rudy Gobert, in my opinion. I mean, that was a overpay. <laughs> I mean, they. I mean, was, Utah got a haul for. Rudy I Gobert. wasn't. Ma- I wasn't really worried about the draft picks. It was more or less who they gave up because they're trying to win now. So they're like, oh, we don't need these because they're going to be late or they're going to be this or that. But like, they gave up so many rotational pieces where it's like, why even do the trade? Like they mm-hmm. were good with their core. Like now instead of because Pat Bev rotational piece if not I think he was starting at some point Jared Vanderbilt was the starter Walker Kessler who was their rookie first round pick who knows what he's gonna turn into there was a cup there was one more player they traded away War- uh, no 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 yeah we're talking about the Jazz they traded away no oh, we're talking about the the Timberwolves I apologize but I was gonna say Royce O'Neal to the Nets that's who I was thinking of Royce mm-hmm. O'Neal to the Nets I love that um, but like they gave away so many just key pieces to where it's like what are they going to be now they're probably going to the jazz are on the that same fence. record so the jazz are on that fence of we we're either going to win now 
well, we're going to rebuild. I mean, because you'll see a lot of teams, and I feel like I see it. I see it in the NFL some, too. And I kind of feel like, well, we'll get to that. I feel like, I feel like the Arizona Cardinals are kind of on this boat, too. But it's like, you're, you're either going to win now, and you're going to go all into winning, or we're just going to start from scratch and rebuild. And to me, this move right here was getting the assets for Rudy Gobert and this and that. They obviously knew that Mitchell and Gobert were not working out. To me, this seems like either A, I, I, I guess, to me, this seems like that they're just going to go into, into the rebuild mode. I mean, you don't get assets like that if you're not wanting to rebuild. Well, which, I wouldn't necessarily even say that. Like, just Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert since COVID, because Donovan Mitchell, from what I've heard, is like a clean freak, right? Mm-hmm. So Rudy, <clears throat> whenever he touched all those mics, apparently reportedly went in there and touched all the players' stuff too. And Donovan's a neat freak in that he got COVID because of it, and their relationship hasn't been the same since. That was that <laughs> the was, stupidest. That thing. was surreal, I remember, dude. I remember I, that was terrible. I remember like driving home from somewhere that night, and I remember looking at Twitter and seeing that report about all that, and I was like. What like there's no way this this city can't be the real. The dumbest right now. thing, dude. He's I the best so, defender I mean, ever. He shut down the whole league. So <laughs> exactly. um, that's true. But um, yeah, I think the jazz. I gotta stop saying I think the jazz are trying to obviously rebuild. But I think they could do it with Donovan Mitchell. He's only like 25, 24, 25. They can. But it's what our team's willing to give up to get Donovan Mitchell. But if you give away Donovan Mitchell, that is just a clear sign of we are rebuilding, which is insane because they were the number one seed, right? Two years like, ago. Two year, like, Yeah, two years ago. And now, and now you're about to, if you try to win Mitchell, go into rebuild. I remember I was going to say something I forgot. Going back to your Cardinal point to where it's like you're kind of on the cusp, kind of winning, it makes me so mad of teams that like – I can understand, like, teams that don't win a lot. Like, if the Lions were to come out and just try to be good enough to win a bunch of games, kind of like how the Packers are doing right now, mm-hmm. where they win a bunch of games and they lose in the first round of the playoffs, that's fine. Typical. But what makes me mad is the St. Louis Cardinals, whenever they're built to win, they everyone oh, expects them to win, and then they are like, okay, we're going to win a couple of regular season games, barely get into the playoffs, or win the division, and then get beat in the first round. It's like why mm-hmm. even why go through that? Yeah, like either rebuild or go all in. But mm-hmm. like, like a team like the Jazz who haven't won a championship and really haven't been that relevant since the nineties, it's like you can kind of afford to rebuild and kind of just like retool, especially with Danny Ainge, who's again, whether you love him or not, and my dad doesn't like him. Shout out to my pops, love him to death. But he, whether you like Danny Ainge or not, one of the best drafters in league history, drafted Jalen Brown, overpick. Drafted Jason Tatum, overpick. Two I'm, of the best that young still players. Me to this day. Two, of the, two of the best players in all of basketball. Mm-hmm. Overpicks. Because he was going to draft Jason Tatum first, and then Philly's like, we want Mark Hill. He's like, oh, okay, here you go. <laughs> Thanks, Elton Brand. Appreciate it. So, I think Danny Ainge, one of the best GMs in the league, he's going to get an overpay. Like he, That's what he does. He does. He'll make these small trades, but when he goes big, he goes like, you're going to make me feel like, I'm you're giving me a deal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna trade Kevin Durant or not Kevin Durant, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry for nothing. <laughs> you're gonna give me seven first round picks and right. three players. So it's you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you're you're gonna overpay for him for Danny Ainge to make He's him gonna get it. some value in return. Yeah, and he does a great job with the value. Like it'd be different if he was like drafting duds, you know, with these top picks, but Jaylen, like so like a Jalen Rager X. Yeah, like players, I mean, yeah. their his worst pick I think would be Romeo Langford in the in the lottery. 
But I think that was their second lottery pick of the draft. So they took a flyer mm. on Romeo Langford. So it's like he's not missing up top. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. He's, again, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I'm sure if I go back, Marcus Smart, I'm sure, was a lottery pick. You know, these guys that are key pieces to their team, they don't they don't miss. No. And if they do, they trade them for more draft picks. They trade yep. them for more assets to re-swing. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. Now talking stuff that we know better than anything else, some NFL. So we're going to start off with the biggest news of for the past week or so is that Kyler Murray signing a new four-year, $230 million contract with the Cardinals. And Kyler, you got a smile on your face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's just it's laughable. It's laughable. This here Chris Collins wrote desk. Here's a guy that, This is a guy that first overall pick, right? Yes. Big narrative. Is he gonna pick baseball or football? Clearly picks football, right? For rookie year, really solid. He had a solid rookie year, I thought. And each year since it's just been down like a little bit worse, a little bit a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And on top of this, whenever you go into the contract details, clearly states he has to have four hours a week to watch film, essentially. If you need to tell your quarterback in a contract incentive to watch four hours a week of watching film, that should be an issue. And to me, that is nowhere near worth the money because that tells me this dude is not committed and does not want to put in the work to be a good football player. I, I, that that might seem the most boomer answer of all time, but I'm just gonna be honest. That's a, it, it's an overpay. It's a red, it's a red flag. A, a massive red flag. That's a great way to put it. And it's an overpay. And I just I cannot stand by it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I have never been high on Car- Kyler Murray. I, that offense, that entire team, the defense, nothing about it screams contender to me. And year in year out, they're put in top 15 power rankings and I, I get it but at the same time it's like what have they done to really impress anybody across this league he's never the highest amount of touchdowns he's thrown is 26 yeah so his rookie year i'm looking at pro football reference they went 5 10 and 1 he threw 3700 yards 20 touchdowns 12 interceptions the next year he was a pro bowler throwing for right around 4000 yards 3971 we'll give it to him 26 touchdowns 12 interceptions they went eight and eight, and then in 2021, they went nine and five with him on him playing because he did miss some time. He threw for 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So here's my problem with Kyler Murray: if DeAndre Hopkins is not on the field, he's awful. The one he's a bottom. Quarterback. Yeah, he's not. You're exactly great. right. I've got the stats from the the Rams. Cardinals playoff game oh, this past season. <laughs> Kyler Murray, 19 for 34, 137 passing yards and two interceptions. That's without uh, D-Hop on the field. I'm just telling you right now, and I, and I hate to bring up this point, but if Jalen Hurts did that or Baker Mayfield or insert whatever quarterback you did that, that's like not as a bigger name as Kyler Murray. I guarantee you if one of those quarterbacks did that, I'm just saying from Eagles perspective, no, yeah. if, if Jalen Hurts did that in a playoff game, if he did if he did that, now I, I know he didn't play good in that Bucks playoff game, but if Jalen Hurts had that stat line, 
and that Bucks playoff game that the Eagles he's had. He's not the starting quarterback next this year. He would be absolutely torched for that stat line. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's, and we all watched that game. Well, I, I could barely watch it. It's abysmal. Oh, that I, is I, awful. I, I watched I'm sure it Drew watched it. I watched yeah. it in <laughs> I remember that play. I think it was Troy Reader who came in on a blitz, and Kyler Murray was rolling to his right on the end zone, and he just had to throw it up. And Trey Reader got a piece of his arm, and David Long Jr., two of the worst players on our defense, by the way, made like the the a pick <laughs> six. David Long Jr., the first time we played the Cardinals, David Long Jr. is like no taller than like 5'10, 5'8, 5'9. They were matching him up against AJ Green, who's like 6'2, 6'3. Kyler Murray, what he does best, would just chuck it up yeah. there, and AJ Green would just catch it. And I'm like, get this guy off the field. <laughs> Like, double-team A.J. Green. I don't care about D-Hop, okay? Jalen Ramsey can take care of D-Hop. Just stop A.J. Green <laughs> from torching us, please. Like, 95-year-old A.J. Green's out here mossing people. And their best receiver that game was Christian Kirk, who's no longer a Cardinal. Six receptions, 51 yards. And I w- awful. <laughs> like, that's awful. In the playoff game, like, yeah. th- that, that's awful. And I understand. Like, D-Hop, he's played – because I looked at the stats because I was really thinking, like, he's not played very many games. Mm-hmm. But he, he plays every game. It's just here recently, like, the, maybe the past – I know last year he didn't. And then maybe his last year in Houston he did it. But, like, he's usually 14 games on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this year he got – Something like toe turf or something, or he hurt. It was I, one I thing or another. Yeah, just it, after I couldn't another, remember yeah. what it was, but it kept him out a majority of the regular season. He came back, I think, a little bit in that playoff game, if not the week before, and they just they're like, no, he's not, he's not ready to play. So, but it's also how they're how bad they've been on the back half of the season. They started what like eight, eight no. no happens every year, happens every year. It happens every year to. You can put an, an X amount of teams. Like I'm putting the Dallas Cowboys in that range. Being you know, being a fan of the Eagles, I hear this narrative all the time in the NFC East. Oh, they're the Cowboys, you know, like for example, Dak last year. Comeback player of the year, Dak comeback player of the year. I remember him getting that hype and then Joe Burrow literally had like two good games back to back and I never heard it again. Yep. It, like I'm just I'm tired of that narrative of certain teams starting off super hot and then like oh they're like, oh, NFC Championship contenders, AFC Championship, AFC Championship contenders, Super Bowl contenders, like right at the gate, and then towards like the end, the back half of the year, they're like, man, like, making excuses on what happened. Exactly. It's because exactly. they they start off with their easy half of the schedule. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They get all these wins. They're like, oh, this team looks pretty good. Who have you played? You've That's, played. And the big thing that lower that, half teams. And the big thing for the Cowboys last year that pushed that narrative. Was that Bucks Week One game because the mm-hmm. Cowboys looked very, very good? I they will did. say that was they a really did good look, game. That, that was a really, really good, good game. I think again, they open up against against them again this year, hmm. or they play them Week Two. But Eli, you are absolutely correct because they had the easiest schedule this year. Yeah. So be ready for them to go like. I personally don't have them winning over ten games. Are you talking about the Cowboys? Yeah. So get ready for them. Eagles to go run that division. Twelve Sorry. and four, <laughs> or I guess twelve and five, or like you know ten and seven, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And being like, oh, this is the year they're going to make it. This is year the year, and then they get bounced in the first round. It's like no, like the Commanders, they have they're tied with the easiest schedule in yeah. all of football. Then this is the year for teams like that in the NFC to make a playoff mm-hmm. run. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good team. Teams will sneak into the playoffs this year in the NFC. Mm-hmm. It's few and far in between. There's Probably three to four I mean, teams I'll, in the NFC that are concrete, like, good mm-hmm. teams. There's going to be some teams that sneak in I there. mean, like, I personally like the Vikings to win that division this year. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'll, Eli's like, the Bears. I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this, and I want to ask you guys this question. So we have, like, three definitive teams in the NFC. We've got the Rams, 
Anyway. The Bucks and the Packers. Like, can we like? I like the Rams and the Bucks. Here's the thing about Green I'm going to say the here. Packers for Aaron Rodgers alone. I get that. I get that. Well, yeah. Like, like so we'll I, just I can understand. Here. I can understand your point, but I would even put. I know the Vi- like. I'm really high on the Vikings this year, and here here's why. Their biggest strength over the course since Kirk Cousins has been there has been their receiving core, and they've been a run heavy team. Kevin O'Connell from the Rams comes there. Justin Jefferson is like, I'm excited because we're not a run heavy first. We're not a run first team anymore. Well, I want to go for 2,000 yards. I want to do this, and it's like. Now, granted, these are just yard, just things, but Justin Jefferson is a top five receiver mm-hmm. on a run-heavy team. Kevin O'Connell is going to come in, and it's just a flip of the switch. That is a great point. I didn't think about that. And I mean, deep, you have that perspective from being a Rams fan mm-hmm. from O'Connell. And, it, and it's like it's like Sean McVay to Jeff Fisher because Jeff Fisher was a run-heavy coach, and then Sean McVay, he realized – he kind of like did what Nick Sirianni did. He realized what the strengths were, won a couple games, and then when he got better personnel, switched. Mm-hmm. So it's like – I think I guess Kevin O'Connell is going to come in because I don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're good. the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, believe it or not, top 12, 15 quarterback in the league. Justin Jefferson, top five running uh, receiver in the league. Adam Thielen, top 20 receiver in the league. He's he's a good number two. Uh, Dalvin Cook, top five back in the league. And I'm, I'm being generous. I could say top four, top three. You know what I mean? So What's it's held like, that team back, though? I didn't mean to cut you off either. No, you're good. But it's the defense. If that secondary plays bad – a few years back, they had a really good secondary with Xavier Rhodes and all and those like guys. And like Patrick Peterson yeah. and then Harrison Smith. Yeah. yeah. They had a really good secondary. Mm-hmm. Then they got beat, and then it kind of all fell apart. They did get Zadarius Smith for a new pass rush, and that'll help. Yeah. I just feel like the defense is going to hold that team back. So my original point, you have those three, like we'll just say hypothetically here, definitive teams, right? Like, right. I'm tenure right now. I'm, I'm taking my Eagles as the next best team up there. And here's why. And I, I know you brought up the Vikings. I know this will all depend on Jalen Hurts, whatever. We, the offense is what it is. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Paschal. And then your tight end's Dallas Goddard, who, again, I told you guys, had a amazing – like, once Zach Hurts got traded, he was the number one guy. He was phenomenal, Dallas Goddard was last year, especially since the fact that the Eagles were the number one rushing offense in, in the NFL. Our offensive line is studs. I mean, all across the offensive line. I'm going to go a little soapbox here. The thing that difference – and Eli said it. the 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 diff the deciding factor for me on the Eagles versus the Vikings is that defense. Yeah. I I think I think Eagles defense is better. In my opinion. You have Jordan Davis at at nose tackle, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. I mean, we 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 can go on and on here. Nakobe Dean, like we can go on and on. So that's why I have them there. I would even but, put the Eagle like. Okay, so here's my. I wouldn't even necessarily say counter argument to it. Here's me agreeing to that: is that the Vikings and the Packers play in like one of the worst divisions in football, and so the Eagles too. I so, mean, but the Eagles have like the Cowboys and the Commanders are kind of flirty in yeah, there. Then Brian Dable, who knows? But the NFC North, North yeah. excuse me, you're good. I think the Bears. Like I said, I did this in a podcast last week. I think the Bears eight nine win team. I think the Lions five six seven win team. The Packers. I mean, that defense, and then you never doubt Aaron Rodgers. So, 11 yep. win team. The Vikings, I have them as an 11 win team. The Eagles' defense, like, is full of studs. Mm-hmm. And even if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, and you convert from being. Hassan a, Reddick, too, by the way. I yeah, didn't oh, mention yeah, Hassan yeah, Reddick yeah, on, yeah. The, on the edge. Kaiser White. And he, yeah. he, he was an underrated yeah. signing, too. And then if you take the Eagles, and you, let's say Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, he struggles, blah, blah, blah. 
it doesn't matter. You have a rushing offense that was number one last year, yep. and then you take A.J. Brown, who is a big body. He can block. Yep. And you just throw him out there. And I mean, Devontae Smith gets, can block too. I mean, it's, you know, it's you know. like it doesn't really – I think the, the, the line for the Eagles wins can be from like 10 to like 12 to 13 games. Yeah, I – I'm right there with you. I'm right there with I you. I would even say nine to like thirteen games. I think I think bottom dollar. I'm talking like if Jalen Hurts is like, I mean, awful, awful, and I don't I don't see that. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I but, see him being solid, not awful, because he wasn't awful last year. He just he, he still need, need to take that next step. But I digress on, on all this point. That that was just my main point because 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 I heard that in a podcast elsewhere of talk, talk talking about the Eagles and they're like if you go through those other 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 than those three teams in the NFC. The Eagles should, should should be the next best as far as when you look at overall roster, but yeah, a whole lot of other teams, it's really taken a crapshoot at it for potential, but the Eagles have a really good roster as of right now. It's it's really gonna like you said, it's gonna boil down to the QB play and if they can stay stay healthy in the backfield. I, I may yeah. that's the way. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, I mean absolutely. And you can say Agreed. injuries for any team, but that, I feel like when you have that many studs, roster. they've got to stay healthy to, to compete. Absolutely. So I don't know how we got from Kyler Murray to the, <laughs> the well, Eagles. Well, like we talked about Dallas, and then we got on the division talk and whatever. Um, but you, way, you can also probably blame me for that. But well, whatever. Either way, <laughs> Kyler Murray, I think we're all in agreement. Overpay. Overpay. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent overpay. Uh, uh, yeah, um, without a doubt. But so right before we click record, and I mean, usually sometimes I say that I say it happened like thirty minutes ago, whatever. Michael Thomas is back. He's uh. off the pub list. He is running routes for the Saints today. Michael Thomas is back. I think I saw him run a nice slant route there in the <laughs> training camp today. Best receiver in the league. With me, with me. No, with, I, know, no I, know. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. With me, but, with Michael Thomas, like especially this year, I've got to see it. I've just got to see it. Uh, there, you know, he had that stellar year. It was in twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen. Whatever year. I think it was nineteen. And we have not even seen that remotely close since because of injuries, whatever else. So again, I I like Michael Thomas a lot because I'm I was the one that de- one of the ones that defended him whenever he was being called slant man because Aunt Drew Brees, my one of my favorite, if not my favorite quarterback of all time, had like a shoulder problem and his arm was hurt and his arm wasn't the same. So like that offense was built around getting open and just slowly marching down the field. It wasn't on passing the ball. Dink and but, dunk. But if you remember. Whenever they the like, I would even say the rivalry, the Rams and Saints, those two years. Yep. Michael Thomas torched our defense mm-hmm. over the top, coming across the middle, slants. Yeah, but like, you know, and Jameis Winston has a better arm now than Drew Brees did, you know, I outside agree. of Michael Thomas's thing. So that's why I'm really excited that Michael Thomas is back because I want to see him prove. Oh, I can do this, and I can do this. Because there's a play I remember specifically to where he beat our defense just on a streak. Like he was coming mm-hmm. across the middle. We had Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp. They, either one of them got confused, but something happened, and he beat our defense over the top. He's a route runner with really good speed. I mean, I'm not saying Tyree kill speed, but I'm saying like top maybe 10 speed. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally, like I said, I, I like Michael Thomas a lot. And I think that he's going to come out. Am I going to draft him in fantasy? Probably not no. because I don't trust Jameis Winston. Mm-mm. But even whenever Jameis Winston is kind of in trouble, Michael Thomas is that safe guy. Yeah. Because he never has played with Michael Thomas either. And I would say Michael Thomas 
Michael Thomas or Mike Evans? I'd go Mike Evans. I would say Mike Evans. I'd probably go Evans just for just for. So this is the second best receiver he's played with, and I think Jameis is better. Way I think he's way better now than he was in Tampa. I agree. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't so I seen this, and I was like I said, I was all excited. And they're like, "Oh yeah, cool, Michael Thomas is back," and I'm like, "No, Michael <laughs> Thomas is back." Now I will say, Drew. Speak, speak, speaking of disagreements, you know where we can disagree? What's that? There's a certain video game that's coming out. In a couple of like weeks, that listen, I want to I want to save that for last because I think we're gonna spend <laughs> oh, the most yeah. time. I didn't on that. know, you know, I didn't I, know when you wanted I've got to incorporate a couple more it, things but... where we can touch on. Okay, um, just just to know when, when you wanted to incorporate so, it. So, Eli, I saw we saw this the other day to where the Bears sign Riley Reef. Riley Reef, yes, sir. So, what where do you think he fits in? Because you know the Bears better than any of us do. Do you think he starts? Do you think he comes off the bench, a backup? What, where do you where do you see Riley Reef with this offense? So the thing is, obviously, training camp this year for the Bears is huge. It's going nobody's put on pads yet, so you can talk all day about oh no he's going to start he's going to start until the pads are put on. We drafted like fifty seven offensive <laughs> linemen, but that's where it draft. starts though. Absolutely, that's where but I'm that's just saying. Starts. And We've I think got, you're right because no one's job is safe exactly. outside of I would say Justin Fields. Every every other position yeah. up there, Mooney I would say Montgomery probably. Yeah. I wouldn't even say I could say Montgomery, but like Mooney, he's had like flashes, right? Like he's had hey, like those flashes. I love I like Darno Mooney. I do too. I'm not saying anything. I'm not no, saying no, no, anything no. bad, but like yeah. if a rookie comes in because did they did they draft a rookie receiver at all? Yeah, Bayless Jones. So like Junior. if he comes in and he's kind of a stud. Okay, Darno, you're now the two receiver. You're, you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson to where it doesn't matter who replay, who comes in as a good guy. They're our number one guy. No, and, and that's the way it should be. That's their mentality now, Poles and Fluce. It's best player is going to play the position, and that's how it should be. The previous regimes were just hell-bent. Names. Exactly. On the previous regime, who they drafted, oh, he's still good. Let's keep him where he's at. No, it's going to be – the best line that there is. And I really like Braxton Jones, the rookie we drafted in the first first round. He's a tackle. But it's it's going to depend on this training camp. Whoever shows out is going to start. Mm-hmm. If Reef if if the rookies end up not panning out, Reef will start. That's what I like. We signed those two linemen and they will be the the starting line if these rookies don't work out and mm-hmm. Fields will be safe for the season and then we can progress from there. I honestly think that this is a really good move, specifically because, like you said, they're not in a win-now yeah. kind of mode. So it's like, oh, we need offensive line help? Cool. you know, Because they did, they made a lot of improvements on mm-hmm. the line. Like you said, they was, the first couple rounds were safety help or, or sec, sec, excuse me, secondary yeah. help. But like after that, you said, it's offense. Yep. So I think it's not necessarily of a uh, – there's that guy there. Like I was talking about with like the receivers. You, it's not a guy there, so it's like, okay – you're bad, we can plug you in here. Exactly. You're bad, we're going to plug you in here. You know, then everyone's kind of interchangeable. Mm-hmm. That way it's not like, oh, man, like Khalil Mack is hurt or he's not playing very well. But it's Khalil Mack. He'll pick it up eventually. Exactly. It's like, no, you suck, get out. We're going to yeah. throw this guy in and you give him a chance. Yep. See, my big thing with the Bears especially, and I and I keep seeing this, and, I, and I've sent it to you before. I keep seeing it on social media, and, and I, I understand. Uh, and, and I understand, like, I understand that narrative from, from 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 their perspective, but but here here's my counter argument to that. First of all, that Bears offense, no offense, was awful last year with mm-hmm. with Nagy. And Nagy that horrible, horrible, horrible. They act like whenever they make these predictions, they're like, oh well, they didn't give Fields help. 
you act like that. There's there, there's not gonna be anybody on that offense that will not produce. Like yeah. if whoever whoever gets the football, somebody's got to produce. Like somebody has to make plays somewhere. So this narrative of oh well, that, well they didn't give Fields any help. Well, like what do they expect you guys to do? You had really no I would say a ton of cap money with with the with the whole Kluimac situation. Yeah. You, you obviously deal him. You you didn't have a first round pick. Now who picked up most of the salary? Did, I think the Chargers I, the Chargers did. They took the rest of, all of it. Yeah, okay. They, okay. But yeah, no dead cap. But as okay. far as this Good year, deal. like like that's not gonna really help no. you much. So from the offensive perspective, this point of oh well, they just didn't build around Fields. What what do they what do they expect you guys to do? <laughs> you know what I mean. So and they act like they don't like nobody knows that Velas Jones is going to produce. They don't know Byron Pringle is going to be this stud. Like that's we, another we, thing like I we can get into. You, you know what I mean? Like th- that's that's my kind of argument is somebody that has to get the football has got to produce, right? I mean they're I mean they're they're in the, the NFL. Like they're great athletes. Somebody's got to produce whenever they get the football. Now the defense, you sign a defensive minded head coach. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll work with his players. Oh yeah, like that's what he's that's that's his main bread and butter. He's gonna work with his players. So and you guys have great studs. Assuming Roquan Smith gets signed, I assume he will. If he doesn't, that's you know no, he's uh, good. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. But I I digress on that hill. But I just I cannot get around the fact of oh this these Bears teams are gonna be you know win two games three games. Like I'm I I'm saying you guys will win. I'm in the ballpark of five six. Seven. I could see that. Just for roster standpoint, improvement is but all that matters, though. The production of some of these players are going to win you guys some games. And, and their offense is so just kind of speed. Like Justin Fields, one of the fastest quarterbacks in the Mooney's league. Mooney's fast. Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. one of the fastest receivers in the league. And then you have David Montgomery, who I don't necessarily look at him as a speed back. It's like a power back. Yeah. So it's like if you run some like that's not bad either. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about Cole Komet. Yeah, the dude right. had 600 yards about it, and every 600 to 700 receiving yards, and nobody talks about it. I mean, him. Dallas Goddard had, what, 800? I mean, just to put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I know he wasn't the number one guy, but just to put that in perspective, like, in Nagy's offense, he had 600, 700 yards. And Mooney had 1,100. Nobody talks about it. Because we're the Mooney had 1,100 yards? Yeah, and Matt Nagy left yeah. that offense. Mooney's good, With dude. three different quarterbacks playing oh my throughout God. the year. Nobody talks that. about it. And he gained weight, and he gained speed. I remember he – I think it was him whenever we played you guys week one. He was, like, torching us. Yeah. And I, Jalen Ramsey is obviously the best corner in the league. But he cooked Jalen Ramsey he did, a few he times. Did, he, he he's did. a solid route runner. And just because he's on the Chicago Bears, people are like, oh, trash, trash. That's just instant. I, I was into it with a guy on Twitter yesterday. He said, man, that, that Bears organization, they're trash. I'm like, that's a really, that's a really intellectual take. Back that up for me. He's like – no, I don't have to back up anything about that sorry organization. And then I looked at his profile. He's a Vikings fan. I'm like, ah, oh, this makes sense. Have a good day. <laughs> it's just maddening. But like the Falcons roster is gonna be awful. <laughs> like, yeah, Falcons, Seahawks, awful. Like, do not do not make that comparison. I'm sorry. You can come at me. You can at me. I, I can give you my Twitter if you want. You know, like I just I will not stand by. They that. basically have our 2018 2018 team without all the good players. That's because Ryan Pace went over there and he's like, I'm just going to take that guy and that guy and that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I, di- I digress on that hill, though. I'm just I'm, t- I'm tired of seeing the the overly hated Bears. Yeah, slander. we won't finish with less than five wins. I guarantee you that. Something I think it was today, right? When Julio signed with the Bucks, it was earlier today or late I think last it was night. yesterday. Yeah, so Julio is now a Buck, which. 
is weird to me. <laughs> like, where does he fit in with this team? I think he's going to fill in for Chris Godwin. But it's like Mike Evans and him are so similar. And then Scotty Miller's the three. Like, is, is Julio the four receiver? I, yeah, I think he'd have to be. Because I think Scotty Miller brings Until, something that no one else does. Like, Scotty Miller brings a speed. So you yeah. got Mike Evans who can moss people. Chris Godwin's the best route runner. And then you've got Scotty Miller who, on a deep route, is going to get, you know. So it's like, where does Julio fit in there? You're not going to have two guys that can moss people on the same field whenever you can have a speed guy who, and it's, at this point in his career, I mean, they, they do the same thing. They don't do the same thing, but they do their things equally as well. I think it's just a last-ditch effort, man. I think he wants – to go out with a ring. Mm-hmm. If 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 he wasn't, I think he'd retire. It's it's so sad to say that. Mm. And just He's yeah, go ahead. The best receiver of the 2010s. Literally. Like him and Calvin oh, Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell dude, him someone him from like 2015, dude. Tom Brady and Julio Jones are going to play together. They'd be like, "Oh, no way." But like right now it's like <laughs> okay. There's Julio a lot Jones of things that right. Yeah, like 2015 be like Tom Brady and Julio Jones. Oh man. Uh, 15 or excuse me 5000 yards 37 <laughs> touchdowns for Tom Brady 15 of those go to Julio yeah. 1200 yards like it's like no he's probably going to get like I would say I just I'd say he's going to be a good touchdown threat yeah. just like him and Mike Thomas mm-hmm. or Mike Thomas excuse me Mike Evans but like 500 yards that's what I'm like thinking six touchdowns it's like, so sad it is cuz it's like Julio is just one of those players where it's like he's never been in any trouble he doesn't do anything he was hurt kind of like a lot during his he reminds me of, like, Anthony Davis because yeah. he's just like, oh, a nagging injury here, a little injury here, but he's out, like, five weeks, exactly. six weeks. It's like, and it just piles up on and on and He on. got, like, turf toe probably seven times. <laughs> like, no joke. No, he literally. was, like, all in the matter of, like, three years. He's like, Julio Jones is out with turf toe. Like, he had that, like, two months ago. Why? It's back? So. The, the thing is about this Bucks team, and obviously we're talking about Julio, but it's just really interesting to me. They are kind of slowly doing this Tom Brady thing that Tom Brady does where they're swept under the rug. People stop talking about them. Tom Brady's going to come out of nowhere, and they're going to make the NFC Championship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous that this happens every single time. You can't keep getting away with this. Exactly. Man. The NFL script writers are going to make Tom Brady go out in his last year Probably. with the Super Bowl. Like I think this is Tom's last year. There's no way he signed a massive contract with Fox. Yep. Like. If you can either sit in the booth and talk about football or you can play football and get tackled at age 45, 46, mm-hmm. I think he might be making a little bit more with Fox. If not, it's not much less than what he's making. That no, wasn't it like 10 years, 375 million dollars. Yeah. yeah, like some stupid number like Oof. that. So it's like going back to like Julio, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where he fits. Mm-mm. And I'm sure Tom is going to find some way to make it fit. But, I mean, it's Tom Brady. He's obviously one of the – he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But do you think that maybe he's, he may try to, like, force Julio into the offense kind of deal? I could definitely see that. Kind of like it's Julio Jones. Like, we know how good Julio Jones is. Like, let me try to throw him something. I could see a lot of balls like that where he's just like – granted, again, this is just something like you don't like, – I, I don't know. But, like, there's going to – I'm sure there's going to be times where it's like Julio – Go make a play. Go right. do this. And it's like no interceptions or it's going to be something stupid. But, I mean, while Mike Evans does play like 12 to 15 games a year, he does occasionally miss those like two to three games a season. Yeah, Chris Godwin it? coming off of an ACL That's injury. That's true. Okay. So it's like Julio is going to be really good. He's going to be like a key piece early on. But, like, as the season kind of trolls along, he's just going to not get mentioned as much as much or as, unless he gets a touchdown. 
It might be just an insurance policy, if anything. But see, like, can he stay healthy though? Yeah. Like you know, like he was he was so hyped up to Tennessee last year with AJ Brown. But he, even he if couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't get on the field. I would think that even if Julio doesn't stay healthy, I, I think they're just like if you can make it till Chris Godwin gets back. Because when he tears ACL week like twelve, it was late. It was, late. It was yeah, later, it was yeah. Late. So it's like if you can if you can make it to like week, if you can play, I would say you make it to week twelve. You play eight to ten games. I think I'd call that a win. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I would call that a agree. huge win because like you said Julio not as. I mean, he was never necessarily healthy, but he's definitely not as healthy as he is. Right. His style of play is like kind of like Russell Westbrook, where, you know, he's like bound to just do something because he's so push, contact, contact, push, contact, contact. And Julio has suffered the consequences from it. The Russell Westbrook really hasn't. He's played like almost every game. But, like, it's just their style of play. It's so repetitive to their mm-hmm. body to where it's just like – Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth, mm-hmm. you know? It's a good band. So <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing before we get to these NFL Madden ratings. Jimmy G and the 49ers officially break up. Trey Lance is now the starting quarterback for the 49ers. I mean, it's not really that surprising because we all saw it coming, but, like, <laughs> it's official now. Where, where does Jimmy G go? <laughs> He's getting. He just got cleared to throw. I think he passed the physical, so he's free to be traded. Where, where's the Where's the most realistic option for him? Seattle, probably. I think, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think Seattle will be the best fit. But do you think that the Niners trade him to Seattle when they want to see him two times a year with that that's receiving core and that offensive line that's slowly getting? I mean, if better? I'm Seattle, I'm making the move. Like, who else is available? Uh, Exactly. You, you, you waited not long. roll the dice with Drew Locke. I wouldn't even or necessarily. No. Like, what are they trying to accomplish, though? Like, if they're trying to just win as many games as possible, then yeah, I would go Jared for Jimmy G. But like, if you're trying to get a top pick and get one of these quarterbacks, that's true. I don't want Jimmy G on my team. That is that is also true. I don't, especially with that receiving core. But like, bro, you like to to make it seem like you're not tanking. Like, you cannot roll into the season with Drew Locke. Like, that's that's awful. Like that, I. I, I mean, can't. the Falcons are going with Marcus Mariota. That, but, I think that's even a worse situation, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Okay, like, but I like Mariota. Oh, 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 oh. But at least they, at least they signed a dude. Yeah. At least, at least, at least they signed him. Hey, they traded for Jerlock. Thank you. That's true. Okay, and, <laughs> and part of a big old blockbuster deal. I, I listen. Him and Noah Fant. I'm tenure right now. Noah Fant, low key. Okay, no, no, he's a good tight end. Was I did not, I did not expect him to throw him. No, in No, me deal. neither. So when I see Noah Fant, I said. What? My only thing on I this is here right now. Like, <laughs> I'm taking Mariota over Drew Locke. I'm taking Drew Locke over Mariota. I, I think I would too. I, like I, I, like, I cannot the, stand. The, Drew I like Mariota. I do. I really wish he would have panned out. But I think Drew Locke is a bum. The, like, arm, I'm sorry. the arm of Drew Locke alone is why I'm he can taking Drew Locke. He's just, not a good quarterback, but he can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm, 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 I'm taking Gardner Minshew over Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I probably oh, yeah. do that too. But Marcus Mariota and Jalen Hurts are a lot more similar than you think. No way. I can't. I, no I way. can see it. No way. Hurt, I can see it. I can't get this early on in their careers. Like I want to see that. I want to see that. This I wouldn't necessarily say stats wise, but this early on in their career, because Marcus coming out was like supposed to be. I, I can't remember his comparison, but like he's a runner who has potential to throw. But remember, he was he almost won MVP. Him and Derek Carr were battling for the MVP right before they both tore their ACL or something in the last week of the season. Hmm. 
Do you see this too? Are you looking at Drew Locke versus Jalen Hurts or Marcus Mariota versus Jalen Hurts? I looked at Drew Locke versus Hurts. Okay, that's and what in twenty twenty, he had twenty nine hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, fifteen picks, with a seventy five QBR. Wow, Jalen had a rough season. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but Jalen Hurts had three thousand one hundred in twenty twenty one. Jalen Hurts had three thousand one hundred forty four yards, sixteen touchdowns, nine picks, and it was an eighty seven point two QBR. Plus, you have to count in his rushing touchdowns too. Did I say Drew Locke or did I say Mariota? Because I thought I, I thought I said Mariota and uh, Hurts have a lot. I more think you said common. Locke and Hurts. No, were no, no. I That's said, what I thought you said too. And I I may, like, no I may, way. I may have. I, I meant Mariota. Oh well, then yeah. I mean, I could. Yeah. I That's could why that I point. was like, whenever you guys were like that, I'm like, I thought we were. I mean, I, we haven't talked about this off air, but like, I'm like, <laughs> wait, I'm, am I tripping? No, like, I think said Locke and Hurts. I'm like, no way. Like, no way. But all right, I think that is gonna do it for that stuff. But before we get into these atrocious Madden ratings, let's say, let's step aside and hear a word from today's sponsors. This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Smith Media Consulting. For all your audio or video production, or for media consulting, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Again, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. All right. So before we wrap up today's show, Madden has been releasing their ratings for their for for the NFL players. So before we came on here, and we all know that they're absolutely atrocious. Oh yeah. We all were like, let's make a list of what are the worst possible ratings. And I think our list is pretty much the same, but I, I just have a couple. I don't necessarily have a list. I know you guys have lists. I just have like some of the ones that I would not have. So Eli, why don't you start us off? What is like one of them? What what is one that stands out to you? Dak Prescott over Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, and Russell Wilson. Awful. It, Awful. I, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't even want to get into stats. I feel like I don't have to. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 don't, I don't even know I, what to say, really. Awful. I think D- Dak Prescott, obviously better than Kyler Murray, but I feel like they're right there in that same boat where they're just – just good enough to get their team some wins to stay relevant. But Justin Herbert is electric. Lamar Jackson is electric. Matthew Stafford just won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He just proved that he can do it. 
and Russell Wilson has a ring and can do it. Russell Wilson alone kept that Broncos franchise alive. Yeah. Like, there's no I, – I say that if Russell Wilson was healthy that full season, they're a playoff team. Just because he – him and those receivers, okay, like it was literally a three-man show because they would just have to outscore people. And, like, their receiving core is really good. Like, that is the best part about that team. And yeah. it has been outside of Russell Wilson. Also, Chris Carson retired. Forgot to mention that. So, kudos to Chris Carson on a, a fantastic career. Wish he could have stayed healthy because Absolutely. he was a beast he whenever was. he was healthy. And then also, John Mechie third has cancer. It's terrible. He was drafted out of Alabama. So, again, hopefully everyone comes out okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to what we were talking about. I agree. I have that on my list as well. I have Dak is too high. I, I dropped him from an 89 to an 86. That's, That's what fair. I would have done. I still think he's better than Stafford. I think it's more their their throwing stats are kind of similar. I think Stafford has a better arm. Yeah. But their run, like age too. Their running stats is what makes Dak better. That's true. Simple as that. Stafford was more of a dual threat when he was younger, but now he's kind of that pocket guy. He can still scramble, but he's not – He's not the Detroit Stafford. What I love about the Rams and Matthew Stafford, well, what I hated first off, uh, they brought him in and they just were like, "This is the best arm. This is the guy has the best arm that we've ever seen. So we're gonna throw it and throw it and throw it." Yeah. So that's why we were kind of like, no we, balance. we didn't lose. We lost every game in like November. Yeah, that was a rough little. It stretch. was a terrible month. But whenever Sean McVay, we took the bye. And Sean McVay came back out. We played Jacksonville. Granted, it was Jacksonville, but I wasn't necessarily worried about the score. I was worried about, okay, now he's doing the, some of the stuff with golf to where it's Stafford takes it, he rolls out right, and then you have Cup coming across. Mm-hmm. Or you have Jefferson going up. You know what I mean? Like, just get back to the basics. Oh, yeah. And that's what made me so mad was that it's like we have Cam Akers or Darrell Henderson at the time. It's like, run the ball. Yeah. Run the ball. Never forget whenever Drew said in our group chat that the Rams would never win anything with Stafford. Listen, okay, there's a couple. I was about to, <laughs> never, I was about never to say forget. that. So I, tw- I didn't say I tweeted it. Right after that 49ers game in the last week of the regular season, we won the division, but we still lost the game for them to get in. I said, because he ended it on a game-winning interception for the Niners. Yep. I said, we are never going to win anything big with this guy as our quarterback. Yeesh. <laughs> and then I remember, exposed. and then whenever we were losing that game, like uh, the 49ers game, I put in our group chat. I'm like, there's no way we win this. Like, there's just no way. We gave Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan I too remember. much time. And, dude, <laughs> I was sitting there. I didn't know what happened because it, the, the last play of the game, they panned to Aaron Donald who rushed Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm like, yes, it's going to be like fourth down or whatever. They're like, interception. I'm like, oh, my God, no way. No way. Interception. And then when we were watching the Super Bowl, we went. To, me and my fiance went over to my dad's house, and of course, I'm sitting there during the first like three and a half quarters, like not doing anything. Of course, I'm excited when they score the first couple times, but then the Bengals kind of dominate. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there like this, and then they start to come back, and then Aaron Donald has that huge sack, and I jump up, Aaron fucking Donald, <laughs> dude. Like th- that was one of the hypest moments of my entire life. I remember whenever <laughs> I remember. Actually, in that NFC Championship game, whenever you were like, whenever the the Rams were up, and you were like, like no, nah. like they'll find a way to choke it. Dude, and, dude and, we did that so yeah. many times. And and I kid you not, they started to come back, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, Drew's literally gonna be right. I know. Well, I had seen it. We seen it in the in the last game. Yep. And we have had struggles against Kyle Shanahan. 
So whenever they were down, I think they were up some stupid number. Well, not stupid, but like they were up like 10 going yep. into the fourth. And then the 49ers came back. They scored a touchdown. I'm like, great. We're not going to the world. They're not going to the, the Super Bowl. We're going to lose. And then we went, we went three and out. And I'm like, well, they're going to go score a touchdown. And the, you know what I mean? Like right. I, I have seen this play over and yes. over and over in my head, especially what happened the week prior whenever we were up like 24 to three on the freaking Bucks over Tom Brady. And they're like, Nah, it's okay. And then Cam Akers fumbled like three <laughs> that times. That, that was that was an amazing game, dude. That listen, was crazy. It was not that, was, <laughs> that week of football was the best week of football. It I mean, was. It really, might be it, ever. Yeah. That was like, really th- good. This was the best playoffs. Yes, ever. it was. It was amazing, like, dude. I, I hate it for, and we're you know we, got, we kind of went on like a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I hate it for Josh Allen though, dude, because yeah. dude, that game was so incredible. That was peak that football. Game was awesome like that's what that's what everything fo- like that's what football should be right there like if, if there's a game of why do i love sports that's the game right there like back and forth like 14 seconds like on that man on. it's awesome that man does not get a ring i i will cry dude josh <laughs> allen is like the most one of the most talented guys i've ever seen he's incredible so going sticking with the quarterbacks we have i have Dak too high and then i have herbert over burrow I think Herbert is better than yeah, Burrow. Yeah, I, I, I was going to mention that. I don't know why. Like, I get that he made a Super Bowl and the comeback it, thing. But so my thing with Madden is that if it's supposed to be about who's better than who statistic-wise, right. Joe, Joe Burrow's not better than Justin no, Herbert. No, no. He's not. He made it to Super Bowl, yeah, but it, you're not basing it off of the season yeah. he had. You're basing it off of – well. The, the wins and losses of the season. Yep. You're basing it off of, okay, how good was this guy? Like Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't know what their criteria is for anything. And then I have Carr, who's an 83. I've taken Derek Carr over Kyler Murray, and I may take him over Dak. I Honestly, I'd, I can see I'd take him over Murray, for Kyler, sure. Our Carr is an 83, and then Watson and Murray. I love Deshaun Watson. You know, I hope all this justice gets solved for whoever. I'd be glad whenever I can stop saying that. Um, but I would take Carr, as of right now, over Watson, just because I haven't seen him play. Yeah, so right. Long. I agree with that. 100%. Um, and then the rookies were kind of all over the place. Ritter, 70. Willis, 69. The first quarterback taken, Kenny Pickett, is the same overall as the third quarterback taken, Matt Corral. Like, horrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand it because this wasn't really a quarterback draft, but usually they kind of give the rookies some Kenny, kind of Kenny Pickett is the most pro-ready quarterback. That's what I thought. All of the I thought the same thing. Like, how does that make any sense? How is Desmond Ritter a 70? Yeah. How is he a 70? You let me know. Um, so, so what do we have next? We have, I, we've already touched on pretty much all the quarterback stuff. Oh, you want to get into the big one? We can. Let's go for it. Who wants to do it? Are we, TJ Watt? Is TJ that the Watt. big one? Yes. TJ Watt, reigning defensive player of the year, probably two-time runner-up whenever Aaron Donald won it. Right. So he could very say, easily. So are you be, saying he deserved it? No, I'm saying he was a runner-up. I'm saying <laughs> you could sure? have. That, okay, the, so two years ago, like <laughs> ex, taken away this year because obviously TJ won it. But the two years Aaron Donald won it, that last year I was not really expecting Aaron Donald to win it. Like I was expecting <laughs> TJ to win so it. Mad about Dude, Brandon is like, I, I'll bring it up. Dude, I made a Photoshop, okay? <laughs> it was like my first ever Photoshop. Yeah. And it's Aaron Donald with a trophy, and then it's TJ Watt just crying, dude. <laughs> dude, it was like – I said it to Branson, and he was like just not amused at all. <laughs> it was just like a dead face. He's like, okay. Like, and Branson obviously is like the way the best Photoshop guy out of all of us. Yeah, so, yeah. so he's like, 
I'm going to cook something up. I'm like, Branton, please don't end my life right here. <laughs> like, please don't. But yeah, TJ Watt not being a 99. I can understand Miles Garrett being a 99 because he has been really good. But TJ Watt, you give him a 99 and a half. He's better than – or make Miles Garrett a 98 and make TJ Watt a 99. I That's how it should be. If you look at Miles Garrett this season, I only think he had like eight and a half sacks. I think it was like 15 less See, than something. That's my – that. I'm not saying like that's a my problem, but it's like he he's the best pass rusher on that team, and it's not even close. Yeah, like Aaron Donald, he's the best best pass rusher on on the Rams. It's not close, but like we have other guys like uh, Leonard Floyd, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines was getting home every once in a while, and then we had our like right side linebacker, the opposite of. Uh, Leonard Floyd was kind of a revolving door. We had a couple of guys that would come in, like pass pro, rushing. So it's like, yeah, Aaron Donald's the best guy, but who, who else is on that, that line with the Browns? Yeah. Miles I, Garrett, Jadavion Clowney. That's probably the only other big one I can think of. I mean, and Jadavion had like, I think, eight and a half sacks. But like overall, that Browns defensive line, if Garrett had 17, that Browns team as a total probably had like, I would say like 28. Yeah. Compared to the Rams where – if Aaron Donald has what I say with Garrett, fifteen, yeah, I think say the Rams would probably have like thirty-five, forty. And you got to think too that TJ did this too. Like they've got Cam Hayward, a bunch of other guys on that. I, I can't even top two. Cam Hayward, Cam Hayward is great. Yeah, like the second one of the best defensive linemen. He's very underrated. Yeah, he does not. Get he does not get the enough. love that no. he deserves. But I think it's over. I think he's overshadowed by TJ Watt. And I say overshadowed very lightly because, again, I, we all think that he's, like, one of the best pass rushers in the yeah. league. Here's the deal. That is abysmal by EA. And I, it's it's abysmal. Like, the dude played in less games than Miles Garrett and almost broke the sack record. Could like, you imagine if he played all 17 games? He probably had 30 sacks. Because he missed, very he well. he missed like, what? He played what? Like 14, 13 games, something like that? I think so. I think it's it's 14. just him. Yeah. Like, I watch – I will, like – and. And, and, and honestly, most Sundays I watch Eagles games, so you know the the, the amount of Steelers games I actually get to catch most of the time is not very, is not a lot. I know. Since I have this podcast, I'm gonna stop watching just Rams games, especially if they're playing like the Jets or the Jags. I'm gonna start watching everyone else that's like the best game available. But like, yeah, like like I will watch Steelers games, and I will specifically watch T.J. Watt. And as I'm watching him, he will he will get a sack. Like that's crazy. Yep. And 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 he'll do it just effortless, like effortless. Effortlessly, there you go. Like he'll, there you go. He'll, he'll just get around the right tackle. Yeah, like no problem. He's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, how is that man not a ninety nine? You, you let me know. See, EA does this stuff. Excuse me, just for attention. Hundred percent, it works. I I think they make. (laughs) I think that we buy their game. (laughs) They make these guys so bad. I wouldn't necessarily say bad, but they don't put them at their respective ratings because they know. They're like, okay, do we really think that Jamar Chase is going to finish the league uh, the year as an 87? Mm. Do we think T.J. Watt's going to finish the year as a 96? No, we, they're going to get there. But it's like, why not try to – No, there's uh, no you, such thing as bad publicity. T.J. Watt's not, not even a 98. He's a 96. Like, no shot. No shot. Mm. I agree. No chance. Uh, just a couple other ones. I did mention Jamar Chase, uh, who is apparently worse than Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, and Terry McLaurin. Now, I like Terry McLaurin, but Jamar Chase is better. You look at Terry McLaurin's stats with Darnell Mooney's stats. I don't mean to bring him up again. <laughs> it's literally like 15 same. yards 
and maybe a few touchdowns. See, I don't, I can't, I can't give a judgment yet because he had the best rookie wide receiver season of all time. Mm-hmm. So that's like, but it also again it comes down to you if know you're basing it off of just stats. That's yeah, yeah. He should be like top five. I think like I was thinking of it as like the overall. Player. No, 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 no. You know I understand what I mean? because I'm the same yeah, exact way. We have talked about it a couple different times to why Cooper Cup is in a 98. Yeah, and I think it is just. He had one monster year, you know? But it's like, if you're basing it off of just stats, exactly. He's got to be. He's got to be up there. So, and that's my pro- that was my problem with that. It's like, yeah, you can base it off of, oh, he's only he's going into his second year, but he had the best rookie receiving, you know, best rookie receiver season ever. Mm-hmm. Should be higher than Not that. Not a Rashawn Gary, I don't understand why he's an 89. I may be sleeping, nope. but I don't understand it. I'm Because I remember they were trying to replace him, and then all of a sudden he's like one of the best linebackers I'm, in the league. I'm, I'm passed out, bro. Yeah. I'd... <laughs> what? I'm in the REM stages of I wanna, <laughs> sleep. I want to say – I think him and Roquan Smith had the same overall at 89. No, it's Roquan's ridiculous. like an 86. Or, yeah. Roquan's yeah. like an 86. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's awful. That's and awful. And then Max no... Crosby being so low in an 87. Awful. Top 10 pass rusher, in my opinion. I would say probably top 7. Yeah. I think that makes... I'm just shaking my head over here. No. Uh, and then my one is Jamal Adams should not be a 90. Absolutely. Oh, he's a... I didn't even... I didn't know that you one. You didn't know that? Oh. Best in the league. <laughs> No. Dude has, nice. dude has two. <laughs> That's what it was. He has two career interceptions as a safety. That's unbelievable. <laughs> like a moment of silence. I'm the best Adams. in the nation. <laughs> I remember that game. I'm like, what the heck? I can understand. I'll, I'll pick that up. Yeah, I can good. understand because like he is a good like blitzer, but like you're not a sa- you don't play safety. Just put him at linebacker, blitzer, dude. Yeah. Blitz yeah. boy. Yeah, like, I, like he's not that good in coverage. And Minka being so low, like yeah, I, I'm taking too. Minka over Jamal. Adams. Oh yeah, Brayton is about to have a stroke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fellas, thank you for joining us. Me, I don't know. If I say thank us. you. Thank you for joining me today. It's been a blast as always. Oh, yeah. We are going to get out of here. Pretty simple as that. Yeah. See you. So. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. This is from Kyler Gaiman, Eli Grimes. This is Drew Pouncin from LTT Production, the No Playbook Podcast, signing off.